With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 12 of Trails End. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeff Chestnut Trails End by George W. Ogden Chapter 12 In Place of a Regiment Morgan rode back to town in thoughtful, serious mood after conducting the six desperadoes across the small trickle of the Arkansas River. He was not satisfied with the morning's adventure, no matter to what extent it reflected credit on his manhood and competency in the public mind of Ascalon. He would have been easier in all conscience and higher in his own esteem if it had not happened at all. He thought soberly now of getting his trunk over to convoys from the station and changing back into the garb of civilization before meeting that girl again. That wonderful girl, that remarkable woman who could play a tune on him to suit her caprice, he thought, as she would have fingered a violin. Judge Thayer's little office, with the white stakes behind it marking off the unsold lots like graves of a giant race, reminded Morgan of his broken engagement to look at the farm. He hitched his horse at the rack, running out from one corner of the building, where other horses had stood fighting flies, until they had stamped a hollow like a buffalo wallow in the dusty ground. Judge Thayer got up from the accumulated business on his desk at the sound of Morgan's step in his door, and came forward with welcome in his beaming face. Warmth of friendliness and admiration in every hair of his beard, where the gray twinkled like laughter among the black. I asked the governor for a company of militia to put down the disorder and outlawry in this town. I didn't think less than a company could do it, said the judge. Is he sending them? Morgan inquired with polite interest. No, I'm glad to say he refused. He referred me to the sheriff. And the sheriff will act, I suppose. Act? Judge Thayer repeated, turning the word curiously. Act? With all the contempt that could be centered in such a short expression. Yes, he'll act like a forsworn and traitorous coward, the friend of thieves that he's always been. We don't need him. We don't need the governor's petted, stall-fed militia when we've got one man that's a regiment in himself. 
the judge must shake hands with Morgan again and clap him on the shoulder to further express his admiration and the feeling of security his single-handed exploit against the oppressors of Ascalon had brought to the town. I and the other officers and directors sat up in the bank four nights, lights out and guns loaded, sweating blood, expecting a raid by that gang. They had this town buffaloed, Morgan. I'm glad you came back here today and showed us the pattern of a real, old-fashioned man. I guess I was lucky, Morgan said, with moderate appreciation of his valor, exceedingly uncomfortable to stand there and hear this loud-spoken praise of a deed he would rather have the public forget. Maybe you call it luck where you came from, but we've got another name for it here in Ascalon. I'm sorry I couldn't keep my engagement to look at that farm, Judge Thayer. You must have heard my reason for it. Stillwell told me. It's a marvel you ever came back at all. If the farm isn't sold, no, said the judge hastily, as if to turn him away from the subject. Come and sit down. There's a bigger thing than farming on hand for you, if you can see your interest in it as I see them, Mr. Morgan. A man's got to trample down the briars before he makes his bed sometimes, you know. Come on in, out of this cussed sun. Morgan, the situation in Ascalon is like this, Judge Thayer resumed, seated at his desk. Morgan between him and the door, in much the same position that Seth Craddock had sat on the day of his arrival not long before. We've got a city marshal that's bigger than the authority that created him. Bigger than anything on earth that ever wore a star. Seth Craddock's enlarged himself in his authority until he's become a curse and a scourge to the citizens of this town. I heard something of his doings from Fred Stilwell. Why don't you fire him? Morgan, I approached him, said the judge with an air of injury. I believe on my soul the old devil spared my life only because I had befriended him in past days. There is a spark of gratitude in him that the drenching of blood hasn't put out. If it had been anybody else, he'd have shot him dead. Hmm, said Morgan, grunting his sympathy, eyes on the floor. Morgan, that fellow's killed eight men in as many days. He's got a regular program, a man a day. It looks like something ought to be done to stop him. The old devil shrewd. He's had legal counsel from no less illustrious source than the county attorney, who's so crooked he couldn't lie on the side of a hill without rolling down it like a hoop. Seth knows he fills an elective office. He's beyond the power of mayor and council to remove. The only way he can be ousted is by proceedings in court, which he could wear along till his term expired. We can't fire him, Morgan. He'll go on till he depopulates this town. It's a remarkable situation, Morgan said. He's a jackal, which is neither wolf nor dog. He's never killed a man here yet out of necessity. He just shoots them down to see them kick, or to gratify some monstrous delight that has transformed him from the man I used to know. He may be insane, Morgan suggested. I don't know, but I don't think so. I can't abase my mind low enough to fathom that man. It's a wonder somebody hasn't killed him, Morgan speculated. He never arrests anybody. There hasn't been a prisoner in the calaboose since he took charge of this town. Notoriety has turned his head. 
Notoriety seems to put a halo around him that makes a troop of sycophants look up to him as a saint. Look here! Look at this! The judge held out a newspaper, shaking it viciously, his face clouded with displeasure. Here's a piece two columns long about that scoundrel in the Kansas City Times. The notoriety of the town is obscured by the bloody reputation of its marshal. It must be gratifying to a man of his ambitions, Morgan commented, glancing curiously over the story, his mind on the first victim of Craddock's gun in that town. It's a disgrace that some of us feel, whatever it may be to him. I expected him to confine his gun to gamblers and crooks and these vermin that hang around the women of the dance-houses, but he's right-hand man with them. They're all on his staff. Morgan looked up in amazement, hardly able to believe what he heard. It's enough to wind any decent man, Judge Thayer nodded. You remember his first case, that fool cowboy he killed at the hotel? I was just thinking of him, Morgan said. That's the kind he goes in for. Cowboys from the range. Green, innocent boys. Harmless if you take em right. Yesterday afternoon he killed a young fellow from Glenmore. It's going to bring retaliation and reprisal on us. It's going to hurt us in the contest over the county seat. I shouldn't wonder, said Morgan, hoping the reprisal would be swift and severe. I think the man's blood mad. Judge Thayer speculated in a hopeless way. It must be the outcome of all that slaughter among the buffalo. He's not a brave man. He lacks the bearing and the full look of the eye of a courageous man. But he carries two guns now, Morgan, and he can sling out and shoot a man with incredible speed. And we've got him quartered on us for nearly two years unless somebody from Glendora comes over and nails him. We can't fire him. We don't dare approach him to suggest his abdication, Morgan. We're in a three-cornered hell of a fix. Can't the fellow be prosecuted for some of these murders? Isn't there some way the law can reach him? The coroner's jury absolves him regularly, the judge replied wearily. At first they did it because it was the routine, and now they do it to save their hides. No, there's just one quick and sure way of heading that devil off in his red trail that I can see, Morgan, and that's for me to act while he's away. He's gone on some high-flying expedition to Abilene, leaving the town without a peace officer at the mercy of bandits and thieves. I have the authority to swear in a deputy marshal, or a hundred of them. Morgan looked up again quickly from his speculative study of the boards in Judge Thayer's floor, to meet the elder man's shrewd eyes with a look of complete understanding. So they sat a moment, each reading the other as easily as one counts pebbles at the bottom of a clear spring. "'I don't believe I'm the man you're looking for,' Morgan said. "'You're the only man that can do it, Morgan. It looks to me like you're appointed by Providence to step in here and save this town from this reign of murder.' "'Oh!' said Morgan, impatiently, discounting the judge's fervid words. You can supplant him. You can strip him of his badge of office when he steps from the train, and you're the one man that can do it. Morgan shook his head, whether in denial of his attributed valor and prowess, or in declination to assume the proffered honor, Judge Thayer could not tell. 
I believe you'd do it without ever throwing a gun down on him, Judge Thayer declared. I know he could, said a clear, hearty, confident voice from the door. Come in and help me convince him, Rutta, Judge Thayer said, his gray-flecked beard twinkling with the pleasure that beamed from his eyes. Mr. Morgan, my daughter, you have met before. Morgan rose in considerable confusion, feeling more like an abashed and clumsy cowboy than he ever had felt before in his life. He stood with his battered hat held flat against his body at his belt, turning the old thing foolishly like a wheel, so unexpectedly confronted by this girl again, before whom he desired to appear as a man, and the best that was in the best man that he could ever be, and she stood smiling before him, mischief and mastery in her laughing eyes, confident as one who had subjugated him already, playing a tune on him surely, a tune that came like a little voice out of his heart. I didn't know, I didn't suspect, he said. Of course not, she isn't anything like me. Judge Thayer laughed over it, mightily pleased by this evidence of confusion in a man who could heat his branding iron to set his mark on a half-dozen desperadoes, yet turned to dough before the eyes of a simple maid. No more than bird is like a bear, said Morgan, thinking aloud, racing mentally to the next moment to snatch back his words and shape them in a more conventional phrase. But too late, their joint laughter drowned his attempt to set it right and the world lost a compliment that might have graced a courtier's tongue, perhaps, but not likely. Morgan proffered the chair he had occupied, but Retta knew of one in reserve behind the display of wheat and oats in sheaf on the table. This she brought, seating herself near the door, making a triangle from which Morgan had no escape save through the roof. Judge Thayer resumed the discussion of the most vital matter in Ascalon that hour, pressing Morgan to take the with everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.